Social Media Serenity, podcast episode number 23. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. This week, Eric Fisher, my normal co-host, is taking the week off to celebrate the coming of the new year with his family. But I've got a lot of things to discuss with you this week, so definitely want to be able to put some content out there for you in the gspn.tv community. And I want to say thank you for subscribing to this show, and I want to say hello to all the new listeners. I I don't typically watch our stats very closely, uh, not very often, but the other day I was working on some consulting for another client of mine, and I was demonstrating to them how the stats feature works in Libsyn, a service that I've been using for, uh, I guess, well over three years now. And I had noticed just out of the, out of the corner of my eye when I was looking down through the list, uh, and and I saw that the numbers have really jumped up on this show. And so I just want to say welcome to all of you who are out there who have just found Social Media Serenity, and we're glad to have you on board. Uh, by the way, just so you know what this podcast is about, this is a podcast where each week we try to cover some of the latest news and topics of the day happening in the social media world. There's usually a large focus on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, podcasting, forums, those kind of things. But uh, it, primarily, you'll hear most of the talk will, have, will center around Twitter or Facebook or some other service like that. And uh, what we try to do is we try to help, uh, I guess, really just about anybody and everybody out there who's interested in learning how can I effectively use this. Uh, we try to help those who are using it for their businesses to build their their brand for their business. And I believe every business should be using social networking for personal branding as well. I, I think today, in today's culture, at least I see a rise in this this thing called being a solopreneur or an entrepreneur where you have your you are the brand. You are your business and your business is your brand. And of course, that's the category I fit into myself. And so it only um, it only makes sense for me to just share my experiences here. So uh, that's one of the things that you'll find in this podcast is that I like to share how I'm using social networking, social media to build my brand and how I'm interacting with these services and and how these things are impacting me. And, and of course, the serenity end of this thing is how do I do all this without it taking over my life and, and allowing my addictive nature to be consumed by all the stuff that could go on? Uh, it's surprising to some people. I only spend approximately 30 minutes each day with social networking. And now that that may be a little bit of stretch um, to actually say that because when I say I only spend about 30 minutes a day on social networking, I'm talking about, you know, interacting with Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and stuff like that. I actually spend a lot, a lot more time interacting with the community through other social media uh, via the chat room. Uh, for those of you who have never been to it before, I encourage you to check out a blog post that I wrote a while back. It's called The Water Cooler. You can find it at gspn.tv slash watercooler, and you'll understand um, how I have a chat room open all day long, most days, not all the time. There are some times when you know, where I've got so much to do that I just I, I just can't even be distracted in the least. But most of the time I have uh, not just a chat room open, but a video camera showing me in my office just working away, slaving away at the screen uh, with my eyes bleeding from my, uh, yeah. But anyway, you get the picture. Uh, but, I, but I interact with people there. I also uh, spend a little bit more time in my own forum at gspn.tv slash forum. There's a, some deeper connections that I have with people there. But still, even with all that I do, I've come to the point in my life where I decided, you know what, I cannot waste an entire day just having conversations and just doing this other stuff. I mean, what what value is there in me having relationships with people if my life is not something that could inspire others? And that's one of the things I feel called to do with my life is to inspire others uh, to to live more healthy, productive lives, more balanced lives. And so if I'm just wasting days away and I'm not being productive and I'm not providing an income uh, that's going to support my wife and kids, then eventually what will happen is, you know, you spend all day interacting with 
Twitter and Facebook and playing these games and all this other stuff, and you never really get anything done. And so that's the whole serenity thing of this. Anyway, a couple things I'm going to talk about today, and I'll just uh, mention these right up front here. We're going to talk about Twitter and it testing out a contri- uh, contributors feature. Uh, old people that can now Twitter by fax. We're going to take a question from Christy, who uh, has a question about posting while on vacation. We're going to talk about what a gravatar is and why you should have one. And social media helping businesses grow. And also, we have a question from our chat room this morning before I hit the record button. Something about um, handling issues where somebody should be a Facebook fan instead of a, a, face, a Facebook friend. And how do you tactfully tell them? So, those are the, those are the topics that we're going to cover today. So, if those are interesting to you, then, then stick around for the whole show. And if none of that sounds interesting to you, then I encourage you to check out some of our other shows at gspn.tv slash shows. All right, so the first thing is, and again, I apologize, this is going to sound so weird for those of you who have listened to every episode of Social Media Serenity before now, because I'm usually, you know, bouncing back and forth with a co-host, but I'm no stranger to recording solo, so uh, just understand that it's going to be a little bit of a different format here for you today. All right, so the first thing is, Twitter is testing out this uh, contributors feature, uh, I found this posted, by the way, in our forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. And April posted this in the social media serenity section. She says, Twitter is now testing this new feature called um, uh, for contributors. Uh, it's basically specifically created with businesses in mind. What it would allow is a, C- uh, um, a single corporate Twitter account to have several people to have the access to log in and indicate which of those um, contributors submitted individual posts. Now, let me, let, me give, let me give you an example of this. Let's just say I'm a company who has, uh, let's say we have 25 employees, but we're still, we're still a relatively small company, and we, but we have a big, huge social presence, and, and we focus heavily on our community and we have uh, we foster relationships with that community, and we want to be able to communicate with them. The question ever since, you know, all the social networking stuff all came about is the question is, do I have my Twitter account? Is it going to be in the business name? You know, like, for example, GSPN. Or should my Twitter identity be like my personal name, you know, Cliff Ravenscraft? Should I have two different accounts? Should I have one for the business, one for my personal um, you know, and when you're when you're like me, I think I'm 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 the well I'm not the only guy in the business, and actually I'm not even the only person in the organization now. I mean, I have employees, but I certainly have many people in the GSPN organization. For example, there's myself. There's obviously my wife, uh, and then in this organization, there's Chris Biting, there's Eric Fisher, uh, there's Andy Traub, uh, there's DG Hollams. There's Sarah Rader. We have co-hosts that are also a part of the organization here. And, and so the, these, these are all folks who have a lot of public exposure in GSPN. Now, currently, I own GSPN. That, that, that is my brand. And, and I would actually prefer, believe it or not, I would have actually pre- preferred being twitter.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. But I couldn't get the T in. I, my, my name's too long. And so I, it just wasn't possible. I could have gone see Ravenscraft, but no, I didn't want to do that. But the question here is, what if I had a company where I definitely wanted other people in the organization to actually have access to this one Twitter account? So let's just say some, some Twitter at replies came my way, and then um, it might be Joe, Bob, or Julie who respond. Well, it would be nice if there was a way that Joe could log in to the corporate Twitter account and could respond, and it would be completely evident that Joe was the one who responded. That it's not just the some organ, you know, somebody just doing stuff on behalf of the organization uh, and not knowing who it is. But you know, if Julie was to respond to somebody, and somebody would know that you know this was po- posted by Julie from so and so, and that would be a really neat feature. Which, by the way. By the way, we've talked a little bit about Hootsuite in the past. That's H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com. Hootsuite actually has this functionality somewhat built into it already for everyone. So what you can do is you can create one 
Hootsuite account, and then you can add, add collaborators to this. And these collaborators can come in and they can also access your account and post to your Twitter, your corporate or organization's Twitter ID. Now, the thing is, though, is you would actually have to append each Twitter post with like a, you know, a little uh, hyphen CJR or something like that to, to kind of indicate who it is that's actually Twittering on, you know, with that actual post. But it, it sounds to me like Twitter is at least thinking through these things. The only problem I have with Twitter, you know, working on the contributors feature and the retweet feature, I'm I'm asking myself, why are you doing this? Why can't we have threaded conversations? I want threaded conversations. I want I want to have every tweet have its own permalink, which by the way is uh, is how you can every tweet you post has its own web page. I don't know if you've noticed this before, but do the do me a favor if you want to test this out, go right now. Go to twitter.com and log into your account. And you'll be on what we call your your homepage. You should see your timeline of all the people you're following. Just take the very top tweet. Uh, for me, it's a guy named Tommy Vallier. And, and underneath that tweet, it should say how long ago that person posted. And so for mine, it says less than 10 seconds ago. So what I want you to do is hover your mouse over top of that that link for the timing on your po- on the post. If you click that, You'll notice it'll take you to twitter.com slash that person's username slash status slash the number. You know, every every status update you have hasn't it's 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 numbered. And so you'll notice that there is a page for every single um tweet out there. My suggestion would be just like Facebook does and just like every other social networking site is that they should add the ability that when somebody does an at reply, that it will add that at reply to a conversation and track it. Ah, anyway, so Twitter is actually working on these, this business contributors feature. But here's the, here's the one reason why I would be happy uh, that they are doing this contributors feature. I'm hoping that Twitter comes around with some kind of revenue stream. You know, I, folks... I I don't like getting involved and and he, and investing heavily so much time, effort and energy in a company that, in a company that has no revenue model. Now, Twitter's big enough that I don't think that, you know, anybody's going to let this one just go to the wayside, you know, to, by the wayside. But the thing is I'd be much more I'd be much happier if if there were a pro account that had some amazing features and functionality where I could pay them, you know, 20 bucks a month for the service. And something that those features, you know, by, by the basic functionality, the ba- basic features of Twitter should always be free. I believe that. But have something that it would be so awesome to have that a majority of the people who use Twitter and use it heavily would certainly be willing to pay 20 bucks a month. And if they're creating a business set a business set of features for businesses and corporations, you know, uh, you know, something like Nike or Reebok or Ford or any of these other big corporations, if they had a feature set that they were putting together and, and building out for those folks and those those organizations could literally, you know, be paying, you know, thousands, you know, whatever for that that access to the feature sets that they're building. As long as they get a revenue stream in in place, I'd be happy with that. So I think it's good no I think it's good news to see that Twitter's working on features, they're working on functionality. I I'm still not sure if I'm all that excited about the retweet button, uh, but it's out there, it's working. Uh and and I see a lot more retweets coming through. But um you know, for me, I, I don't know. Is anybody else out there? What do you guys think? Uh, I'd love your feedback. What features do you want to see in Twitter? A great way for you to let us know is to either go over to the forum, gspn.tv slash forum, look for Social Media Serenity, start a thread if it's not there already, and put your Twitter feature wish list there. Um, and, of course, the best way to let us know what you think is to give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline at 859-795-4067. All right, so the next story also comes from April, and this is hilarious. Uh, although it's not. For those of you who are, uh, let's see, I'm definitely not going to use the phrase tree hugger because that would that would probably be offensive. So uh, for those of you who are um, 
I don't know, uh, very conscious of the environment, which, by the way, I believe in in being a good steward of all the resources that God has provide us, provided us. But for those of you who would, there, there, there are going to be some of you out there, you're going to weep when you hear this story. Uh, I'll tell you what, let me just go ahead and play this video. It's a, it's a minute and 11 seconds. And, the, and, and the, by the way, the video means nothing. Just listen to the audio. Uh, it, will, it will definitely explain it all. So I'm going to pull this up now. Well, there is no age limit when it comes to using Twitter, the social media network that allows people to communicate online with short messages. I want to introduce you to 80-year-old Dorothy Miller of Troy. She uses Twitter every day to keep in touch with her grandchildren across the country, but it's not in the traditional sense. She signed up for the service called Celery, invented by an RPI graduate. And instead of typing on a computer, she simply writes out a short message on paper, feeds them into the Celery system through a fax machine right here, and then her messages are electronically posted to her Twitter page for all her family to see. I don't usually write to my daughter that much because she talks too much and then it takes up too much of my time. But she can she can read my my twittering here and she can see what her mother's doing and know that her mother's okay. And uh, but that's that I really enjoy this. And it's giving me communication with my family, which I didn't really have before. Communicating every day with her grandchildren, she says. She can also send them emails that she writes in longhand and feeds into the system and is able to print off her own Twitter page updates to read responses from people she is following. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? I don't usually, I don't really ever talk to my daughter because, well, she just talks too much. I, 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 Twitter, this, this whole Twittering thing is great. I, I just take out a blank piece of paper. I handwrite a, a Twitter message and I fax it to this celery service and they post it for me. And now all of a sudden I'm communicating with my family once again. All is well. Is that crazy? Is that crazy or what? Uh, but anyway, I, I, I thought some of you would get a kick out of that only when you think about no, actually, um, no, you're right. Jonathan says, no, it's not funny. It's actually pretty, it's pretty sad. But um, there, there is a little irony here and that, you know, Twitter and communication, uh, you know, you think about the, the immediate nature of sending out tweets and all this other stuff. And, and then all of a sudden you bring in the use of the old fax machine. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought it, I thought it was an interesting story, and, and April, thank you very much for posting that in the uh, in the forum. I, I love getting that comments, you know, all the different ways of um, finding new content for the show here, and I appreciate it. All right, so anyway, um, Chrissy's question uh, came in via voicemail, so she did give us a call at area code 859-795-4067, and this is what Chrissy had to say, and I f- think this is actually her first time calling in. Hi Cliff, this is Chrissy from Long Island and I'm recording my first voice memo on my iPhone and this message is for Social Media Serenity. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on posting on Facebook and Twitter that you're away on vacation. Um, most of my friends on Facebook and not, not so much Twitter, uh, they know me. I, I know them. The people I've met face-to-face are online, so I don't feel like any of them are going to come break into my house because they know I'm away. But uh, I was wondering if you had any thoughts uh, on you know whether that was a good idea, a bad idea. Um, I do have a lot of friends who follow my vacations when I do post, so I, I do like to. Thanks. Bye. All right, Chrissy, great question. Um, by the way, I tell you, I'm not going to be able to share the entire story because the actual story behind this, uh, it, 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 it's actually a little, it would be a little bit gossipy to share the story and, it, and it's very personal and there would be some details that would be shared that, that would not be good. But let's just say, uh, let me, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way that I can tell you a personal story without sharing any of the details that I shouldn't share. Um, Stephanie and I went on vacation once. And took our, our our family on vacation. And of course, we Twittered while we were on vacation. And there were people who knew about it and all of a sudden said some things that they shouldn't have said. And so uh, 
No, I, okay, I can't tell you the story. But anyway, it, it, it certainly brought this question to mind back then for me. Should, should we be Twittering, you know, as a family when we're not home? You know, is somebody going to break into the house? Is, is this something, you know, and then, of course, that even raises the question, should I be Twittering that, you know, hey, I'm running out to the store, you know, and, and maybe you're, maybe somebody's teenage child is actually Twittering that they're playing video games, which, you know, if you had stalkerish, you know, stalkerish people out there who were following, you could actually say, well, let's see, they're out to the store, that's this far away, this person's at home, you know, Folks, if you haven't thought about this stuff, I'm not. Go- I don't want to. Be- By the way, let's not all get ultra paranoid here, but let's not blindly go through life twittering and and giving status updates without thinking about the information that we are providing to the world. Now, I'm going to leave it to you guys to think about what's right for you, but think about that. And, and again, I don't want to. I don't want anybody to be paranoid. But think about what somebody know can know about you just by following you and maybe your family on Twitter. You know, so and so, I'm on a business trip. You know, to Kansas City. Stephanie says, you know, hey, I'm running to such and such to get a haircut. I got an appointment at such and such, and then I'm going to run over here. And then let's just say that you know I had a teenage daughter who was home, twittering that you know I'm here just hanging out the house, blah 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, it's like you know exactly how far away the parents are and how long it would be. I mean, so again, not to be paranoid, but think about what we are sharing. Now, um, maybe you want to Twitter when you go on vacation. Uh, I, I'm so excited. We're about ready to hit the road, uh, and we just uh, we just set you know we just you know finally let our Doberman pitcher. You know, you know, run the house wild for the first time, but I figure at least the house safe is, is safe that way. Or, you know, we, you know, the house, you know, so glad we found a house sitter to take care of the home while we're away. I mean, so y- you can, you can certainly put that kind of information out there. I, I don't know. It's a great question. It's one that I'm certainly not going to give advice on which way you should go because obviously, I mean, every person's different. You're, but, but yeah, this is stuff I don't think enough people think about. And, and, and it's something that I think is a, is a valid point to bring up. And uh, now, of course, those of you who follow Stephanie and I, you know that we Twitter all the time when we go on vacation. We say, you know, hey, we're hitting the road. We just crossed into Tennessee, you know. Uh, and, and I've never made a point to say whether or not our home is empty that, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't say, Oh man, I forgot to lock the door. I think maybe you don't want to Twitter that, uh, but yeah. So I think you do have to use some some uh, some. You have to carefully think about what you're putting on Twitter. I think that that's the thing, and it's not just about vacation. It, it's it's about all the other areas as well. So uh, great question. Glad you called in, and uh, thank you for doing that. And by the way, uh, Chrissy actually didn't call the voicemail feedback line at 859-795-4067, but instead she used her iPhone. She has an iPhone, and every iPhone uh, has a voice memo application, and you should be able to just hit the record button. And there's a feature once it's recorded to actually click send, and you can send it via email to feedback at gspn.tv. And it sent me a little audio file from Chrissy, and that's how she sent that in. So if you have an iPhone and you want to send your audio feedback, all you do is hit that and send it on over to feedback at gspn.tv. I'd love to get yours. Um, So anyway, moving right along, I want to tell you about a service called gravatar.com. Okay, this is gravatar.com. If you go there, uh, it is basically, if you haven't heard what an avatar is, um, an avatar is, is is this little picture that represents who you are on all these um, on all of these social networks? So if you go to Twitter.com/gspn, you'll see a little my picture is there, but it's a little comic image of me. It's a I had somebody create a an image um, that that is in my likeness, if you will. And if you go to Facebook and you look at my profile, you'll see that same photo there in my profile. These are called avatars. Now, I'm going to play a two-minute video clip from Gravatar.com. I've never played it before, so I'm hoping that the video here has audio that makes this all make perfect sense. So let me go ahead and try this out. 
When you scoot around the web leaving comments, writing blog posts, contributing to forums and so on, it's nice to be able to leave your mark with an avatar, an image that represents you as it sits alongside your content. The thing is, often you need to upload this avatar for every blog, service or network you belong to, which is kind of dull and a bit of a waste of time. Gravatar is a free service that gives you a globally recognized avatar. Upload the picture once, connect it to whichever email address or email addresses you use, and shazam, wherever you go, when you write a post or leave a comment, your avatar comes along for the ride. Head to gravatar.com where okay. you can sign up for an so anyway, obviously there's a little skip in the video because it's high quality and I've got too many processes going on in my somewhat limited system now. But anyway, you get the idea here. The the whole idea is is that Gravatar, it, it, it's, 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 it sticks with you. And basically you do. You, you go in, you sign up, and you tell it what your email address is. And if you have multiple email addresses that you use around the web, you put all your email addresses in. And uh, if by, by the way, go to go to uh, podcastanswerman.com and uh, or go to gspn.tv, in either one of them, and look for any place where it says you can leave a comment. And if you go and you leave a comment and and uh, post it, you'll notice that it'll have a little default image if you don't have a gravatar. Uh, but if you look at some of the comments, especially if you go over to podcastanswerman.com and look for some posts that have like, let's say five, six, seven different comments. Chances are you're going to find people who have pictures in the comment section. Now, those people did not upload those to my server because uh, I don't have the functionality turned on for them to do that. But they still have images that show up, you know, their little branding, if you will, uh, showing up next to their comment on each post that they make as a comment on my site and they do that because they have a Gravatar. So when they typed in their email address, my website went to Gravatar to see if they had an image set up for them. And uh, so that's what Gravatar is. And I would encourage everybody out there to get one, especially if you have a personal brand, you know, and, and whatever it is. I know that you could have a, you could use a logo. Uh, you could use a picture of yourself. You could have you know, you could go the route that I did and do like a, a you know, have a comic artist uh, rendition of yourself done. Um, so, I mean, all kinds of things you can do. But it, but the idea here is branding. And I love the my favorite thing about social networking and, and having all these things is, is the branding opportunities that are there. And I really am a huge proponent of um, of actually put, using the same image everywhere you go. Just every single place you go, you should use the same image. And, and it should, when people think of you, they should think of that image. And my another thing I want to encourage you is don't change your image too often. Uh, some people actually change their images all the time. It's just like a different photo that they took at a recent party. Um, you lose some branding um, awareness there. You know, people are following you on Twitter. The chances are they're following a bunch of other people. And when they're just jot, you know, just taking a quick glance down their timeline, if all of a sudden you've changed your avatar, uh, chances are you're not going to be recognized uh, just out of the the stream of information's there. Where maybe if it was, you know, if they if they saw your image and it's like, oh, that's Cliff. I wonder what Cliff said. And then they would see that as a visual cue and read. So definitely uh, Gravatar is very helpful in keeping those images all in one place. Not everything out there uses Gravatar, but a lot of places do. All righty. And then uh, social media helping businesses grow. Uh, I, just, I just thought this was very interesting, and I love to see this. This is one of uh, my clients, by the way. I'm going to put a link in the chat room for those of you who are in the chat room and for those of you who are listening via the podcast, which is a majority of you, um, that will hear this episode. I want to let you know I'm pulling up a Twitter post for um, Twitter ID Meaningful Work. So this is twitter.com slash meaningful work. Now, this is a client. His name is Brent Green. He is a uh, life and career coach. Is He's building this career coaching service uh, and business to where he's helping people find their passions and turn those into full-time careers. You know that there's a lot of people who have you know been laid off or lost their jobs or maybe they're stuck in a soul-sucking job in insurance like I was. 
whatever the case may be, but there's there he's he's one of these clients that I have that is, has a service that he's providing to people, and uh, you know, and now I'm not going to mention specifically. I'm going to just speak in general about my clients overall. Uh, for those of you who don't know this, I do podcasting and new media uh, consulting and coaching. Um, to, to help people and get into podcasting, to help them improve their podcasting and to extend their brand and 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 maybe even become profitable through, uh, you know, helping them find ways of, of creating products and services. So uh, anyway, that's what I do. And I have a lot of clients who say, you know, man, I really love this whole podcasting prospect. I, I really think this is great. Uh, and when I talk to them and then, you know, we get everything up and running and we're through the co- coaching process, it comes to the last part where I say, okay, now let's talk about how to build this audience and, and stuff. Of course, I I don't wait. I, I mentioned it at the beginning that we're going to talk about, you know, it's all about the relationships. It's about an investment of time in people. And, they, and you know, some of them get that. Some of them it goes in one ear and out the other. Not for Brent, by the way, not for Brent. But this is something I hear so often. It's I don't have time for Twitter. I, I just don't have time to it. I don't have time for Facebook. I don't have time for Twitter. And I just, th- there's no way I'm going to get on and that. It, it's it, no, no, it's not going to happen. And I'm like, wait a second. So, so you think that you're just going to put a podcast out there and everybody in the world's going to come find it? Or you think you can just put a podcast out there, say a bunch of stuff and everybody's going to just all of a sudden say, wow, this content is absolutely amazing. I must listen to every episode. You think that's just going to happen naturally? Maybe. I'm not saying it can't, but boy, let me tell you about what I've learned over the past four years about building relationships with people. And when you build relationships with people, the content becomes even more valuable. And when you can actually interact and, and people feel like you are accessible, how much more valuable that is. When you create a this voicemail feedback hotline and you let people's audio come into the show and you you interact with them, when you when you respond to every comment, when you when you um, have a when you engage when when you engage with your audience where they are. Instead of always saying, hey, you come to my house. It's, it's kind of like having this friend. You know, you think you, you, you have this friend, you grow up you, and stuff like that. And then it's like, you know, hey, come over to my place. It's like, okay, I'll come over. Uh, hey, come over to my place. Okay, I'll come over. Hey, come over to my place. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, why don't you come over to my place? Nah, not interested. I don't have time for that. And it's like, okay. And then they say, hey, come over to my place. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'll come over. Hey, come over to my place. Okay, yeah, I'll come over. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, why don't you come over? No, I, I'm not interested. I don't have time to come to your place. You know, if if you want to interact with me, this is where I am, and that's the only place I have time to deal with you. How does that work out in your real life? Okay, so this is what it means when you say, I'm going to create a blog. I'm going to create a podcast. I'm going to create, you know, all this content, and I want you to come and be where I am, be where I am, be where I am. But I have no interest in and I'm not, I don't have time to be where you are. All right, so this is where I have to help coach and train my clients to say, you know, let's have a broader perspective. Now, Brent, Brent caught on. He understood, you know, he understood. And he's only been, he's only been at this branding, his personal brand and his social media campaign and, and stuff like that to, to take his business to the next level and to, to extend you know, the awareness in in an online community about what he does and what he has to offer. A community, by the way, by the way, a worldwide community of people who desperately need the type of insights and services that he provides. And so listen to what he says. He did this is on December 29th at 225 in the afternoon. This is what he posted on Twitter. It says, holy smoke. Uh, I don't know if he is holy. He says, holy smoke. This social media stuff works. I already got, I've already got more career coaching clients than I can handle by myself. Think, think about that. He says this social media stuff actually works. I've already got more career coaching clients than I can handle by myself. And folks, he's only been at it for a month. Only been at it for a month, maybe two. Maybe too. Time flies for me anymore. It's it's such a blessing, and and you know I love pointing that out that it's somebody else because um, you know I can tell you all about the stuff that it does for me, and and for those of you who follow a lot of what I talk about here, not just in social media serenity, but you follow podcastanswerman.com and you follow 
pursuingabalancedlife.com. You, you, those of you who follow those shows and those of you who have been gspn.tv plus members, you guys know exactly how the social media stuff, how, how the social media stuff works. And for those of you who have relationships with me, you, I mean, I, I don't have to tell you. And for those of you who say, man, there's absolutely no way that you can have that kind of relationship, that you can have a meaningful relationship through social networking. You know, Cliff, I listen to your podcast. Sure. I, f- I feel like I know you, but you have no clue who I am. You know, you can't tell me where can, it's like, okay, you think that, let me ask you this question. If you happen to have those thoughts, my question to you, when was the last time you sent me an email? When was the last time you went to gspn.tv slash forum and clicked register? When was the last time you sent me an at reply on Twitter? When was the last time you went to my profile on Facebook and left a comment in on, on, on my wall? When was the last time you did any of those things? Because if you, what you would find out is that if you do those things, you're going to get a response from me. You will. It may not happen you know, within 20 minutes, but within 24 hours, 48 hours, no, sometimes as much as 72 hours. There have been times that it's taken me as much as three, four, five days. But the chances are extremely high that I am going to respond to you. It's about a 98, 99% chance. There's occasion, there has been an occasion where I've actually gone through and I've actually accidentally... Um, archived an email that I had not responded to and I'm like oh my gosh there's no way that I had been waiting because it was a long email and and I wanted to respond to it thoroughly and it came in three weeks ago and you know of course since then you know 700 other emails came in and then I accidentally hit the archive button and now I've got a haste you know this haystack to find that needle in and I couldn't find it if you've ever emailed me and you didn't get a response. There's a there's a very small chance that something like that's happened. Uh, it always cracks me up when somebody says, "Well, I've tried to email you and you never respond to me." It's like, and and I was like, "Dude, can you try send me an email again?" They try to send it. It's like it's not coming through. And I send them an email, and it's like, "Ah, oh, I've got your email." And they hit reply, and it comes right back at me. And uh, only to find out that they've tried to send me five emails at ravenscroft.org instead of ravenscraft.org. But anyway, feedback at gspn.tv is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. But yes, you can use social media to build real relationships with people. And the whole thing here is, yes, it can be used to extend your brand. Yes, it can be used to make you more profitable. But I want to tell and warn anybody out there who's thinking about using social media that it should not be your end, your your, your total overall goal. Uh the question is, is what is your purpose for getting into social media? What is your purpose? Is, is your purpose to profit or is your purpose to help benefit the lives of others? Uh, and if your goal is only to profit, I don't see a lot of success for anybody in that. Now, there's nothing wrong with profiting. And by the way, I profit greatly from the relationships that I've built. Um, I, I'm kind of blessed in a certain way that everything that I do today that that builds you know, generates income for what I do. Um, it's mostly as a result of me starting all this stuff out as a hobby. I mean, it, it's all about that whole concept of, of finding something that you love so much that you'd be willing to do it for free all day long. And then, you know, you might come to realize that there might be a time where if you became so good at doing what you're doing, people would be willing to pay you to do that. And that's exactly what happened for me. For those of you who are new to Social Media Serenity and you don't know my story, I would love for you to listen to episode number 425 of Pursuing a Balanced Life. If you, Even if you never listen to another episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life, I encourage you to listen to episode number 425, and it's real simple for you to get to. All you need to do is go to gspn.tv slash passion. That's it. Type in gspn.tv forward slash passion. It will take you to that episode. Listen to it. You'll hear how social media has done some really amazing things in the past two years of me, actually in the past four years. It, it took me from a career in insurance. You know, I was doing very well in insurance and I just lost all interest in insurance. I, I This hobby of podcasting and building community online and having these relationships, it it's it's just like it 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 became all consuming and and which is why the you know I do social media serenity you know putting you know life in balance uh, but anyway it it got to the point where it's like man this is where my passion is 
And to be able, it's all through social networking and social media that I've actually been able to leave a very lucrative career in insurance that is as secure as secure could be uh, in a family-run insurance agency to leave all that behind and pursue my passion as my full-time career. So social networking, Twitter, yes, I'm with you, Brent. Congratulations, by the way, of, of seeing some, some huge payoff in investing in relationships with people through social networking. It is great. I've got one last thing here that I'm going to cover. This came in before the chat, be, uh, in the chat room before we got started today. Uh, this came in from my friend Vig, uh, Vicky. Uh, she is uh, Edit Video on uh, Twitter. So that's E D I T V D O. Uh, she does a lot of video work. But anyway, she says, hey, I don't know if this works for social me- media serenity or not, but how do you handle people who want to be, who want to quote unquote friend me on Facebook, but really should be fans? How do you tactfully tell them that? Uh, great question. Um, and it all comes down to, well, why? what's the difference between a Facebook fan page and a Facebook uh, profile? And the thing is, is that, to be honest with you, uh, I don't make a distinction between friends and, and, and fans. Uh, if you go to Twitter, if you go, I'm sorry, not uh, Twitter, but Facebook. If you go to facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft, I encourage everybody to do it. Request me to be a friend. I'm going to add every single one of you. Is there going to be a point in time when I get to 5,000 people? Yes, there are. When I get to 5,000 people, if they don't change things over there at Facebook, will I be able to add new people? No, I won't. But what I will do is I will start to begin to ask the question of, hmm, what are the what's the value of having 5000 people follow me on Facebook? You know, and 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 yeah, okay. So um that that could be a real issue and it could be a real problem. Uh, I have heard by the way, if you get in I I know for a fact that if you get in good with somebody over there at Facebook, there are people all the time that I'm hearing, well not all the time. I the big huge tech celebrities in the world, people like a Leo Laporte, people like a Jason Calacanis, people like a Kevin Rose. Uh th- these people out there that have, you know, 50, 70,000 people who follow them and all this other stuff. Um those people when fan pages came out, I know for a fact that somebody at Facebook clicked a switch and changed their profile over to a fan page. So I'm thinking if you had 5,000 fans on, or 5,000 friends, there's got to be somebody you can get in touch with at Facebook that would be willing to switch it over. Uh, and, and I'm thinking maybe by the time I get to 5,000, I'm hoping that it'll be something I can just pay them to do for me. Or that they'll just release, I mean, what's up with a 5,000 friend limit anyway? I'm hoping maybe they'll just they'll take the limit away. But for those of you who are already bumping up against the five thousand, sure, I see the issue there. Um, but man, I I don't know, Vicky. I I I really struggle with the the concept of saying, you know, please, you know, please be my fan, but don't be my friend. I I don't know how you can tactfully say that one. Um, it it that just the the question itself is just like. You know, I understand that people use Facebook differently, uh, and I, I have, you know, there. And, and trust me, I'm not suggesting that you're wrong for having your way of using Facebook. I, I see the huge value in in keeping your friends just to your close personal people. And in fact, I, I saw it even more. But but today, I mean, if if the five thousand limit is not your reason for distinguishing between friends and fans. Uh, then I think the group feature of Facebook really solved that one, you know, because it used to be that, you know, you didn't want to have everybody as your friend, uh, as your friend, you didn't want to have thousands of people as your friend because you could never, you could never find those people who you were closest to what's going on with them. But now you can put people in groups. So now let's, I've got, you know, 35, 40 people from my local church who are in a group called church. So when I go to facebook.com and I see that huge gigantic news news feed that's just going crazy cuz I got, you know, a couple thousand people as friends, well then all I have to do is click over there the little tab where I created a group called church friends and then boom, it shows me just what's going on with those people. And I have, you know, just plus members and I can click on that and it shows me just what's going on with the plus members that I knew. Um, and then there's, you know, just uh, family, you know, and I can see what's going on with my mom and my sister and, and whoever else. So those are, 
those are those are the kind of things that I do to to help organize the fact that I just allow everybody to be my friend. Um, you know, I, I I'm looking forward to that uh, day when when the five thousand limit on Facebook would be an issue. But you know what? Here's the other thing, and I know this is getting away from the question of how do you handle that tactfully. I I, I think you just communicate it. I I think if you were to really put a heartfelt message, okay, let, let me answer your question. Then I want to say one other thing about followers. All right. So here, here's what, let's just say that your personal philosophy is that you only friend people on Facebook who are family, uh, close personal friends that you interact with on a regular basis and stuff like that. You really don't want to put out your, your, you don't really want, uh, you don't really want everybody, all your clients and all your other people to see the photos that you're posting of your kids or the videos. Although I will say personal philosophy here myself, if I don't, if I, if there's anything that, that I don't want the entire world to see, then it never gets uploaded across the internet pipes. All right. Privacy, in my opinion, I don't believe is it, it exists anymore. Can it possibly exist behind a walled garden in Facebook today? Yes. Have there been stories lately where Facebook changes their privacy part policy and you go in and you click a couple keystrokes and if you didn't read it, now all the photos that you thought were only privately seen are now publicly available on Google? Yeah, that kind of stuff happens all the time and will probably happen many more times in the future. So my thinking is if it's because of, you know, if the personal thing is because you have um, photos and videos and you're posting information that you wouldn't want the world to see, then by no means should you, in my mind, no means, if, if I don't want the world to see it, I don't post it on the internet, uh, even if I think it's going to be private, um, especially in a social networking space, because you know what, I could be your friend, I can take, I, I can be, let's just say if I happen to be on your friend list, let's just say you and I are close very close personal friends. We've we've been friends since the third grade, and we are the closest friends in the world. And I'm I'm one of only eight people on your friend list. And I'm not just talking to Vicky. I'm not just talking. I'm talking to any average person out there. And you all of a sudden you've posted some pictures of that you know that party. You know you know which party I'm talking about. That party you posted some photos, and yeah, you posted the one for you. And, the, and the, of course, you're only sharing it with us. You know the ten of us that are friends here on Facebook. Well, guess what? I didn't like what you said to me at that party. Matter of fact, I've been bitter and angry, and I've been thinking about telling you off. And by the way, I've downloaded that photo, and now I'm putting it on my personal blog, and I'm gonna blog about it, and I'm gonna send it out to my five thousand Twitter followers. You know, this is why we don't put any of that stuff out on the web. Think about those kind of things. So, um, but anyway, let's just say you have a really good reason for wanting to keep your Facebook friends friends and your Facebook fans fans. Uh, So what you do is hopefully the reason behind that is logical and it makes sense and it makes perfect and and, and it's not going to, you know, you've got a clearly defined list. It's like, listen, if if I, you know, could somebody get offended by the fact that he's like, wait a second, you don't consider me one of your close personal friends? I don't know how you handle that with tact. But if it's like, let me give you an example. Let's let's just say that was my philosophy. I have Facebook friends and friends. I would create a form letter that's usually maybe a paragraph long. It's like, hey, thank you so much for sending me a friend request here on Facebook. Just so that you know, um, I know I'm I'm a little quirky. I ask that you please deal with me. Uh, you know, and and put up with my quirkiness. But here's how I use Facebook. I've created a fan page for all of my business relations and all of my other casual social networking connections. However, for my friend, for for Facebook friends, um, since day one, I've used Facebook to connect with my my personal family on a much deeper level. And it happens to be the number one communication tool for my family to interact. And so I hope you understand that I limit my friends on Facebook, uh, on my close, on my personal profile to just personal family. It's nothing offensive. I, it's not that, but, but as far as everything else, my public persona, my public everything else, it all ha- happens on my Facebook fan page. Here's a link to it. I please hope you under, I hope you understand. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, you know, send me a, send me a message. I'd be happy to hear from you, but here's a link to the fan page. That's, that's how I would do it. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. It, it, boy, that's a tough question. 
That is a tough question. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention uh, Father Roderick for a minute, and I'm not sure if he's listening on in the in the side or not while he's doing his administrative tasks. But uh, Father Roderick has a real conundrum right now, in my opinion. And I don't mean I don't want to be uh, criticizing of what he's done, but what he has is he has he has a personal profile. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if I go to Facebook. Uh, dot com slash and I'm just going to type in Father Roderick all spelled out. That's going to take me, I believe, to his profile. Uh, and check this out. He's got on his profile. He has three thousand seven hundred and thirty five friends. All right. So he is he is he is quickly approaching that five thousand friend limit. Um, right. I, I do. I have fifteen hundred friends on Facebook and I'm going to talk about um, I'm going to talk about numbers and followers and friends and, and how valuable those are and how sometimes it, they might be just focused on way too much. But anyway, Father Roderick does have, he's got, he's got 3,735 people who follow, who are friended with him on his profile, his personal profile. Well, he decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm getting concerned about this 5,000 friend limit, so I'm going to create a fan page. So he went ahead and created a fan page, which, by the way, uh, it is under, I think it's uh, facebook.com slash pages slash fr hyphen Roderick hyphen Von Hogan. All right. And if you go there, you can become his, his a fan. And what I've noticed is now he's posting some things on his fan page, but not on his personal profile. And he's posting some things on his personal profile that he's not posting on his fan page. And now you have this situation where you can actually dilute the the places where you know your your message that goes out. You know, for so for example, he he has done he's actually tried several different campaigns to move him to move to try to get his you know three thousand seven hundred and some odd people to jump over to the fan page. You know, and there are some techniques you can do that, but I don't think it's ever possible to just move it all over. Uh, unless you contact somebody at Facebook and you you know somebody, uh, and I do know it can be done, so I, I just don't know what the price is. Um, anyway, but here's the deal: three thousand some hot some odd people who are fo- friends with Father Roderick on his profile, nine hundred fifty nine people who are fans on his fan page. So that's nearly three thousand people who, when Father Roderick posts anything on his on on the wall on his fan on his fan page, uh, but not on his profile. Then all of a sudden, that's about three thousand people who will not see that message in their timeline. Now, okay, so that's easy to correct, right? So now, what you do is you say, "I'm going to set up to where I've got process. I can use Hootsuite, by the way, will allow you to post the same message to your profile." on Facebook, as well as your fan page on profile. So every time you send out a, an update, it's going to post to both the same way. So we've solved the problem, right? Not so much. Because here's the deal. I'm looking at the fan page for Father Roderick, and I'm reading Bethany, Bethany Hughes. Father Roderick, I've been I've been loving Healthy Catholic and the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. I will be needing them following the last chance party, uh, last chance party eating tonight, laughing out loud. So here's Bethany Hughes, somebody that is a fan on Father Roderick's fan page, and she has left a wall post on Father Roderick's wall, on his fan page wall, fan fan page wall. Well, guess what? There are three thousand friends of Father Roderick on his profile that will never see Bethany Hughes's post on his wall. And so if if all of a sudden uh, Bethany Hughes, if she would have posted that on his personal profile, 3,700 and some odd people would have seen a news feed item that said Bethany Hughes posted on Father Roderick's wall. Love Healthy Catholic, love Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. Well, guess what? That's 3,000 people who may not have known that he does a Biggest Loser Fan Podcast, and if they knew, they would actually go see, seek it out. Do you see the missed opportunities? And so this this is a conundrum, and this is where we are in social media and in this branding opportunity. And uh, you know, it, it, you know, and, and by the way, if you, I encourage you to go and check out. If you, by the way, if you go to facebook.com/slash/father Roderick, 
over on the left-hand side in his information section, you'll see he has a link to his fan page. And go look. His fan page has a lot more interaction from his community. I mean, a ton more interaction. And that's because when he did the whole campaign to move people over, he says, this is the place I'd really like to connect. This is the place I'd really like to connect. And so that's where people are connecting with him. But all of this stuff, and I'm, I'm looking at his, his wall page on his fan page, and it's almost all community stuff. It's almost all community interaction. But there are 3,000 people who are his friends who are not getting notified of any of that. And that can be a real concern, I think. Uh, and I mean, not I mean, it's not the end of the world, right? But when we think about branding, you know, do we separate these things? You know, it, what? where do we separate these? Where do we draw the lines? When do we make the decisions to do these things? And, and you know, once we make these, how do we, how do we combine all this? How can we get this stuff happening to where people will go over? All right. I'm approaching, uh, I'm at 55 minutes. I'll tell you what, I will, I will wrap it up by saying one last thing. All right. I'm going to go to gspn.tv slash gs or gspn.tv slash gspn. I'm going to go to gsp or no, I'm going to go to twitter.com, twitter.com slash gspn. And I'm going to tell you that right now I, I have 2,487 followers on Twitter. Now, if you look at other social networking experts out there uh, or, you know, self-proclaimed social networking experts, you'll find a ton of people today. I mean, you'll t- I, there are people I've never heard of before. I mean, I, I mean, and, and trust me, in the social networking circles, I try to stay connected with the movers and shakers in social media and social networking and podcasting. But I, I have come across people that are in social that call themselves social media experts. I've never re- heard of their blog. I've never heard of their podcast. I've never heard anybody. I mean, and I follow quite a few people. I've never heard anybody mention these people. And then I go to their Twitter page and they've got 127,000 Twitter followers. I'm not kidding you. 127,000 Twitter followers. And then all of a sudden you look at how many people they're following and you know they're following 148,000 Twitter people. And what you realize is that there is there are methods and mechanisms that are in place. Matter of fact, if you search Google, you can you can search Google to to find programs that will teach you can buy programs. Like $49.99 will teach you how to get 10,000 Twitter followers each day. You know, you know, 10,000 Twitter. I mean, it's it's crazy how this stuff happens. And uh so I just want to suggest to people out there, don't judge somebody's effectiveness and and in in and their engagement with their audience by the number of friends that they have on Facebook and the number of fans that or fans that they have on Facebook and the number of of followers they have on Twitter. You know, the question here is what are the connections? What are the relationships? How much of an impact are you having on the lives of those who are connected to you? And that's where I think we should really be focusing our attention on. You know, I get this question a lot in in podcast consulting. And by the way, I'm just going to end with this music. I know it's not our normal SMS theme song, but uh, I'm going to let this one take us out because I know I got three minutes and it shuts me up at the end. But anyway, you know, I get clients that hire me all the time. They say, Cliff, I want to know how to how to expand my audience. I want to grow my audience. I want to I want to do all of these things to just grow because, you know, I've been podcasting for this long. I've been blogging for this long or I've been and I've only got so X number of subscribers. That might be 25 subscribers. It might be 50 subscribers. It might be 300 subscribers, but they're they've got an X number of subscribers that they have and they're just not satisfied because they look at other people who claim to have, you know, you know, it's like, man, I, I, I promote Twitter all the time to my, to the people who are subscribed. And I just, I've only got like 70 people who follow me on Twitter. How do these people get to where they're just, you know, they gain so much attention? Well, I will tell you, it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And, and it's about, it's about interacting with people one-on-one and it's about being somebody who is consistently providing value to the people who are connected to you. So I always tell my clients, 
and I'm going to share with you guys. If you're in social media to extend your personal brand, I encourage you to use social media to build more meaningful relationships with the people you are already connected to. With the people you are already connected to. Build those relationships deeper. Use every single opportunity you have, whether it be an email, whether it be a comment on your blog, whether it be an at reply or a comment on your profile, your status update. Take the time to respond and don't just say, oh, thanks. You know, just respond thoughtfully and give give added value. Give, 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 and give more. And when you do that, those people are going to, they're just naturally going to, number one, they're going to stick around, but eventually they're going to start telling other people that you are a great resource of value, encouragement, information, education, inspiration, all of this other stuff. And that's how you build it. And you know what? So when I when I look at other self-proclaimed social media experts and I see that they have 127,000 Twitter followers or 70,000 Twitter followers or even, you know, 7,000 Twitter followers and I and I look and I have 2,487. I don't care. It does not communicate to me at all about my my own brand. It doesn't. It you know, it's, will some people go to my profile and make a a you know, a judging a book by its cover judgment about how effective I am in social media based upon how many followers I have. Sure, that could possibly happen. But you know what? That's not where I build my business. I don't build my business by people who look at things like that. I build my business by people who have heard other people that I have relationships with talk about how effective I am in building community and relationships and providing education, entertainment, encouragement, and inspiration. Let's do all that. I pray that you all have a blessed and prosperous new year. We'll be back next week, and Eric will be back, and I won't be talking so much. God bless you all.